Welcome to the Birds Up Podcast, brought to you by the UTSA Alumni Association. We are your source on what's going on at the university, the Alumni Association, and all things Runner Nation. Because now and forever, we are Roadrunners. Roadrunners. Welcome, Runner Nation, to another episode of the Birds Up Podcast, brought by the UTSA Alumni Association and podcast by runners for runners. And I'm your host, Drew Addison. And happy holidays, everyone. This is that time of year for the fall 2024 commencement ceremonies that are starting tomorrow, December 9th at the Alamo Dome. The first ceremony starts at 10 a.m. for the College of Health, Community and Policy, College of Liberal and Fine Arts, and the College of Sciences, with the second ceremony starting at 4 p.m. for the Alvarez College of Business, College of Education and Human Development, the Classic College of Engineering and Integrated Design and the University College. Congratulations to all who are graduating and let me be the first to welcome you to the Roadrunner alumni family. And in the spirit of new alumni coming into the family, we do have a couple of events that are alumni oriented. The first one being the UTSA Alvarez College of Business Alumni Council is planning the next alumni industry mixer on January 16th from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. at Pix Bar on 1604. The team is looking for industry sponsors. So if you're interested, please contact the Alumni Association so we can get you and your company connected. Secondly, the Alumni Association is busy planning the next huge event. So make sure you grab a pen or make a mental note that it is official that February 24th is a UTSA Alumni Association annual Diploma Dash 5K, where you can join fellow roadrunners for this 5K city championship at the heart of the UTSA main campus. The event starts at 7 a.m. so you can get there for group stretching and hydration join the race and then enjoy food and beverages and network with your fellow alumni at that event. And I love that event. It's a perfect time of year with it being in February, still nice and cool outside. 5k is no big deal. And you get to run around the main campus, all the sponsors that that come out there and provide the beverages uh, and, and food to eat is just so great. And it's wonderful to see everybody out there. So make sure you keep tabs on that. Go to the alumni association website to make sure you check out the links there. um, So you can get prepared for the diploma dash coming up on February 24th and Yvonne and I uh, made our way down to New Orleans for the UTSA's final conference game against a ranked number 22 Tulane. It was an unfortunate loss, but it was such a great turnout by Runner Nation out there in New Orleans. And I got to say, the stadium was small, but really cool. The folks there were always really nice. And I love going to New Orleans anyways. The food is amazing. So we had a really great time, although the runners did fall to Tulane. So the Roadrunners ended their regular season at 8-4, and four, but 7-1 and one in conference play on the year, but there was a bowl announcement. If you've been living under a rock, uh, maybe you don't know. Uh, most everybody should know if you follow any of the socials, uh, but the bowl game announcement is that UTSA will be playing Marshall at the Scooters Coffee Frisco Bowl on December 19th in Frisco, Texas. Uh, kickoff is set for 8 p.m., and uh, for those of you who will be staying in San Antonio and not going to the bowl game, it will be televised on ESPN. There will also be, uh, I believe, a watch party done by the Alumni Association, so make sure you check the social on that where you can meet up with other alumni to watch that game. If you plan on attending, the tickets can be found on GoUTSA.com or check the show notes for all the bowl game information. I have it listed in there as well. And in the spirit of the bowl game coming up, it's a great segue into introducing our guests today. Today, we welcome a UTSA football and NFL alumni, as well as the founder of 210 Development, Jarvion Williams. And the name should sound familiar for those of you who have been coming 
coming to the games for quite some time. He became UTSA's first 1,000-yard rusher after racking up over 1,000 yards and also tied the program record for eight rushing touchdown during his time here and became the second all-time leading rusher in school history. And then in 2016 and 17, he made his jump into the NFL, going in as an undrafted free agent with the Cincinnati Bengals. And then uh, after a short stint there, went to the Montreal Alouettes and had an exciting career there. 2016, he also created the 210 Development, which is a nonprofit that is taking on a comprehensive approach to helping future athletes and community leaders to be successful. And their structure extends far beyond athletic training and sports development. Uh, inspired by Jarvion, uh, 210 Development is an organization that is bridging the gap for low-income youth to compete at a high level here in the San Antonio area. So take a listen to the episode. Stick around for after the interview as we'll go over a couple more things at the University Alumni Association. And we'll be back in a bit. Birds up. All right. In light of the success that the football team at UTSA is having, uh, you know, we've had the pleasure of speaking to Frank Harris at the start of the season yep. uh, to really kind of get things going. The the, the guys at Alamo Audible uh, really putting in the research on on getting everything prepped. But one thing uh, that I've really wanted to touch on is UTSA football and just UTSA athletics alumni. And we are joined today by none other than Jarvion Williams. And his name should sound familiar as Definitely. his name is all over. Over the record books. Yep. Jarvion, thank you so much for joining us today, man. Thank you guys for having me. Appreciate it. Well, it's it's an exciting time, obviously, for Roadrunner football. And as alumni coming back and watching the success of the team, especially over the last few years, you know, th- that sense of pride is swelling. And I think as alumni and fans of, of the team, uh, we always kind of wonder as alumni of the program and, and of the football team, do you feel that same sense of pride that's swelling uh, anytime you're watching the games? Yeah, of course, man. I mean, I put a lot of blood, sweat and tears and, you know, to the game and to the university. And so, um, you know, just especially being there during, you know, trial triumph times uh, and just seeing the progression, the growth um, and the success. I mean, it's, it feels like I'm successful. I mean, when they won the first uh, conference championship, I mean, I was in the locker room partying with them. Yeah, nice. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I felt like I was, you know, still part of the team. That's so, incredible. Um, and it's, it's amazing. Well, I mean, and you were one of the lucky few that had actually been able to take it up to the next level. And we'll, we'll be able to dive into that experience because, I mean, it is really, really fascinating, especially being part of the early players that actually made it to the next level um, and, and talk about that experience there. But let's go ahead and start with you coming into the game itself. Um, you know, you were you were a star player at Judson and, and currently uh, teaching and a running backs coach at Judson High School Correct. as well. So uh, talk about really coming back to your roots and then also being more involved with the community, with your nonprofit. And we'll talk some more about that. But let's go ahead and talk about your experience in the game because you are a dual threat, uh, dual sport athlete uh, with basketball and football. Yeah, I ran track too. Oh, oh in track. We, so. we, won state, we won state my track uh, my senior year at Judson. I don't know if a lot of people know that. No. No, no. Uh, we won. Uh, we won state championship my uh, my senior year. So, so what, was, what were your events? Uh, I ran open one, and I was a uh, alternate on the four by one. Oh, so, nice. Um, I mean, we 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 had uh, some good guys on there, man, and it was. So I was a, I was a triple uh, triple threat triple threat man. So um, well, you, you were know, busy all year round, man. Yeah, I mean that's just kind of how I grew up, man. So you know, my mom she just kind of put me in everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I played baseball, I played soccer. Um, you know, I golf for a little bit. There you go. Um, so uh, you know, she just kind of wanted us to be well rounded, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, it ended up paying off. And so um, you know, when when it came time to like choose schools and stuff like that, just kind of. 
like surreal. Right. You know, yeah. it was very surreal. And so it was like, man, I've been doing all this stuff for a long time. And, you know, you start seeing all your peers and everybody's kind of falling off, don't really have any options of where to go. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, you know, you're fortunate enough to have like options and go to places and uh, get your school paid for. And that yeah. was always my, my mom's biggest, uh, her biggest goal for us. And research for this conversation and reading the interviews and watching the interviews that you've done, um, you know, you've always kind of had a target of becoming a professional athlete at a very, very young age. And, you know, I, I feel like these days it's, it's pretty interesting to kind of see kids come up and use sports to where they're almost forced to make a decision on what sport they're going to play, basically mostly due to the schedule. Right. Yeah, schedule. And then like, I mean, now, man, you have all this media attention and guys are so uh, pressed to create their brand mm-hmm. and, you know, what they're going to do and how to market it, how to showcase it. You know, am I going to you know, what is my YouTube page going to look like? What right. is my Instagram page going to look like? Because, you know, at this point now, you know, back then it was kind of like I kind of have to make it professionally if I want to, you know, succeed financially and take care of my family right. and this, this and that. And so now you could do that at an earlier age now. You can do that in college. You can mm-hmm. do that. You know, some of these kids in high school are getting money. So it's, it's just changed the whole dynamic of how your life could potentially be set up, right. you know, over the next 20, 30 years. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you were coming up through high school at the time, UTSA was a was a very young program. You, you came in in 2013. Uh, you know, at that point, we were coming into our third season as a program. Coach Larry Coker was there your first three seasons at UTSA being with Coach Coker, um, which is, you know, at, at that point, us as alumni looking in, being excited for, for Coach Coker to be involved in the program. At that point, in, in previous interviews that you've done, uh, you talk a little bit about, you know, you hope that more San Antonio players would be brought into the program here at UTSA. And the amount of talent that is coming out of just Judson alone um, is is really incredible. So, you know, talk a little bit about your senior year at Judson and then trying to make a decision on where you're going to fall with regards to your collegiate career. Yeah, man. So it's just kind of crazy how like life works, man. So, you know, like you said at the time, you know, UTSA was still very early program. And I mean, even like the reputation around the city through like athletes potential prospects like no one really wanted to go to UTSA mm-hmm. if you were like a big prospect or you had like offers outside of the city or outside of the state like UTSA was just kind of like you know a last resort mm-hmm. and so um like when I got the UTSA offer like I was happy to get the offer but like I really wasn't like ecstatic because right. like you know I wanted to go play you know big division one ball or power five ball or you know you kind of have that focus on your mental and so um you know, I kept a good relationship with the coaches throughout the year and all that stuff. They came to all my games. Uh, even when I was playing basketball, they were coming to the basketball games. Oh, wow. I remember at one point it was, uh, you know, a coach from UTSA, my mom, and then coach from Florida Atlantic, coach from Texas State. <laughs> Crazy. All at the basketball game. At the trying, basketball yeah, game. Yeah, man, sitting with my mom trying to recruit. And so, um, you know, because I was under-recruited, man. So I played three different positions three different years. Yeah. So I only played one year running back yeah. at Judson. You know, a lot of guys going to their senior year committed to schools already. And mm-hmm. a lot of schools already kind of have their numbers. By the time the fall starts, you know, those guys are already starting to recruit, you know, the next class already. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was kind of uncertain on where I wanted to do. Um, and so when it came to that time after football season, I started taking official visits. And, um, you know, obviously I went to UTSA. I went to Florida Atlantic. Um, I took the visit to Texas State. Um, you know, some schools wanted me for defense. Some schools mm-hmm. wanted me to, as offense. Some schools were still recruiting me from my junior year uh, for defense where I played strong safety. And mm-hmm. so kind of had like a lot going on. Yeah. Um, and then when I, like, I sat down with my mom and she was just basically asking me, like, what do I want to do? 
like, man, I want to score touchdowns. So I'm like, I want to, <laughs> I want to, I want to play football. I mean, I want to play offense. And so, um, you know, I took the visit to FAU, beautiful campus. Um, I just didn't really mesh with like the guys there mm. on my visit. It was kind of a, a weird experience. Um, what do you think it was? Man, I'm not sure. I don't know if it's just like different culture or if it was just like it just really wasn't that good of a visit. Mm-hmm. Like it was beautiful, like the place, like the scenery, um, you know, being out there in Boca Raton. Um, but I just didn't I didn't like it. You didn't feel it's, it. Yeah, yeah, I didn't feel it. It just didn't feel genuine, it didn't feel like a connection. Mm-hmm. And then um I took the Texas State visit. I really just I, I didn't have any plans on going to Texas State. I kinda just took it just to be like just make sure I could go through the motions. Yeah, yeah. cross my teeth and dye my eyes. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love UTSA. The staff that they had, uh, Coach Eliano at the time was recruiting me. I mean, they were really, really showing me a lot of love. Mm. And man, it just, it felt good. And they, you know, they had a good business program at the time. Uh, well, they still do. Um, they had a good business program and good academics set up for me. And so um, that's, you know, what it came down to. I was able to, you know, be around my family. They were able to come see games. And, you know, that played a big factor in it as well. And so um, that ended up being the the major decision factor, uh, just my family. Um, and that's why I ended up choosing UTSA and wanted to further my career. And so, with it being a young program, did you think like, oh, I can be part of something new and kind of be that that pillar of this new program? Yeah, definitely. Like, when, you know, coming in, you know, all guys are excited. They're ready to prove themselves. They're eager. And so, you know, I was a big thing on playing as a true freshman. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, UTSA told me I would have the, the opportunity to do that, wow. and, which I did. And so, um, you know, that was definitely a big another factor into, you know, where I was going to go. Mm. So talk about your experience in working with Coach Coker. I mean, you know, legendary Hall of Fame, both nationally and locally. (laughs) Hall of Fame. Literally. You know, what was it like working under Coach Coker as you coming in as a freshman? Because, I mean, it's got to be a lot happening to you as a young man coming in Mm -hmm. to UTSA, coming into your collegiate career with a coach that has such high accolades as seen the the highest, uh, the pinnacle of of college football. Uh, What was it like working under him? Uh, Man... It was amazing. I think that, you know, anytime that you get a chance to learn from someone who's done great things, uh, once in a lifetime things, um, you know, you get to soak in nuggets and soak in that knowledge and soak in that experience. And so, you know, as a freshman, you know, came in um, just ready to work, you know, not necessarily having like a lot of expectations. I wasn't expecting to be, you know, the starting guy or, you know, the big time player Mm -hmm. yet. Um, You know, I just I was just happy I was playing football. (laughs) I was happy I was going to school. Um, and so just being appreciative of the game, um, you know, that's where I was at with it. And so, you know, being able to, to, to soak up that opportunity, like I said, that staff, I mean, I'm still close to all those guys on that mm-hmm. staff, you know, that, that originally brought us in. Um, you know, I really feel like they were a true foundation that helped me get started and kind of helped my mental process, you yeah. know, when I transitioned to college. Well, we had Eric Souza on. Uh, he was like one of our first episodes, but uh, he talked about the days when the program first started and uh, really the the lack of resources you guys mm-hmm. were dealing with. What was it like coming into a program that you know you see everywhere the the quality of facilities and diet and all these things that other like power five teams mm-hmm. and large schools? What was that like coming in, uh, especially as it sits today? I mean, uh, from what it was explained to us is like it was always that picture was always provided 
guided to you guys, like, this is where we're going. Definitely. I mean, it was always a vision. And that's what you kind of, you know, went to UTSA on, man. It's a vision, you know, especially for a guy like Eric who got there when they weren't even playing games yet, mm-hmm. you know. So when I came in, they were playing games already. So they had a little uh, leverage to work on. Um, and, you know, as far as the growth of the program, like, that was always the vision. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, even when we got there, I was still practicing at Dove Fairs. My first fall camp was at Dove Fairs. Um, so I still share a lot of those memories with those guys, um, you know, that didn't have a lot before stuff started, you know, turning up a little bit. And so um, – I mean, it truly is, it truly was, you know, buying into the vision, yeah. you know, wanting to be different, wanting to create something. And so, you know, and they they were honest with that on the, on the recruiting process, you know, so they didn't come in and tell you, oh, man, like, we're going to have this by next year. We're going to yeah, do nothing this. Like, sugarcoated. Yeah, yeah, nothing yeah. was sugarcoated. And so that's why I think, you know, the, the caliber of guys that they recruited um, were really good because, you know, it takes a special type of person to buy into something that, isn't flashy, right, that right. isn't what you've always dreamed of as a kid, that isn't, you know, what your friend may be going through or something like that if you want, came from a school or a program that, you know, usually have a lot of big D1 guys. And so, you know, people not even knowing your name, you still haven't explained people right. what, what UTSA actually is. Right. And so, um, I mean, You're always yeah, man, hearing UT San Antonio over all man, every broadcast. Literally, and so, um, you know, it, it, it was a lot of growing pains, but yeah. – I mean, it was part of the process, and like you had to be willing to endure that process coming mm-hmm. into UTSA, knowing that. Well, I mean, I think too the life lesson of just being open minded and ready to work, right? And then I think a, another big part of it is, I mean, you have those kids that think that they can ball out at those right. programs, and like they have that chip on their shoulders. So you recruit those kids, and they play like it. You know, mm-hmm. I know we talked about some of those schools we beat our first year. I mean, we were our first year in Conference USA. Right. We were, pretty pretty good and I mean we just play with a chip on our shoulder man because we felt like no one ever else gave us a chance yeah and so we proved it like when we got the chance to play you guys like we're coming to mess it up yeah well I mean we've been going to the game since the very first game and you know seeing the ups and downs of the program the transitions of the program and and I remember those years uh, you know very fondly because you know we have uh, a lot of success in the program over the last three years now and we don't want to lose sight of where it came from right and it it, it was really that grit and determination of uh, not very many resources and not you know uh, really just kind of being the underdog constantly for over a decade and rightfully so it's still a young program as compared to the schools that we're, we're up against right but tell me about uh i'm always interested about um you know you have a, a a career in high school you you land at the university you're coming up to your first game tell me what that i'm always really fascinated what that feeling is like of running out of the tunnel for the first time and being able mm-hmm. to experience your your first college game man it was amazing i was actually hurt so during that fall camp my freshman year i uh i messed up my knee a little bit I sprained my knee and Mm so I missed that first game against New Mexico so Mm -hmm. I didn't get to travel so I was heartbroken literally heartbroken even if I was just like been able to just sit on the sideline like I wanted to go right um and then when we came back against Oklahoma State, that's when I played that game. And so it was a it's heck of a first game. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah that's your was. first college game? Yeah, and it was against, uh, <laughs> oh my you know, God. my best friend. He went to Oklahoma State. Trey Flowers out of Jetson as well. Nice. So, um, man, it was, it, was, it was a rush, man. It was yeah. like everything you ever thought it was, and, like, you still couldn't even explain it. And so, um, you know, to work, like, to put in all the hours and to put in all the work and to do this constantly and constantly and constantly, and, like, finally, like, you're here. Yeah. And then once you get to college, like, you have to do it all over again. You have to reinvent yourself. You start over, yeah. Yeah, no one knows you. No one – I mean, they know what you did at Judson, and they know what you did, you know, 
before that, but mm-hmm. you have to reestablish that that brand and that name on a bigger level now because now right. you're playing against like the top one percent, two percent in the country. And so you know, matter what Division One program you go to, those guys are good. Yeah. And so just always being hungry for more and to like be better. Um, I I never got there and was like, okay, I made it, mm-hmm. and it's like. You know, I've always felt like that I still had something to prove. Right. Well, I mean, you had a really great career at UTSA. You know, okay. I, I, when you look at the stats, you know, and you're going through the the records and, and uh, you know, now you're at a position now where you get to reflect on a lot of that stuff. Uh, you are first thousand yard rusher. Can you share uh, your most memorable memory? Is that, if that's the right way to phrase yeah. that, right. your, your best memory of your time playing football at UTSA? Uh, I would say that season, man, uh, that thousand yard season, my junior year, I would say that was my best season, my favorite season. Because um, it was, we were terrible. We were bad, man. <laughs> See, nobody no, remembers that. No, I do. I, man, we, we, I mean, we were bad. Um, and it was just like the only positive light of the season, literally. Yeah. And like, I felt like, you know, I just had to like go get it done. And so, um, I mean, it was very, very, very bad season, rough season as far as like, you know, I come from a winning program. And sure. so, you know, being at Judson, like you're not you used know, to that. You know, you're used to winning four games a year, yeah, yeah. you know, so you come from eight, nine, 10 game, you know, winning seasons. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it was tough, man. You know, I, I contemplated on transferring and getting out of there, especially like during the coaching change and stuff like that. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I, I sat and prayed on it. I talked to my family and, you know, I just decided to stay the course. Yeah. And so, you know, everything, like I said, everything happens for a reason and it kind of ended up playing out the way it did. But, man, that um, that season, I think that was 2015 season. Um, I mean, it was a special season. I mean, I remember we, we went through all our quarterbacks that year. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was. And that, that was, Dalton Sturm and like ended up coming in. Yeah, yeah. and that's when like, but it's crazy because I was always cool with Dalton. Like even yeah. when he came in, you know, when he first came in, like he just always worked so hard, man. He's mm-hmm. he's one of the few people that I feel like worked to the level that I worked. As, as, yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I respected him a lot for that. And so like when he finally got his chance, you know, as you know, the the rest is history. Like sure. he never gave it back. And so. um Again, like everything happens for a reason. And so I, I think that just being a part of that team, um, being able to create those connections and be able to just kind of weather the storm because yeah. it, was, it was a storm. It was very, yeah, yeah, very, gloomy, very gloomy for a few years. You know, you have to you have to embrace that. Yeah, it's a fascinating perspective, too, because, again, you know, we're coming off of, you know, multiple years of, of really high success. And, you know, there, there's a lot of alumni that were with at the games and have been for years that, you know, we remember those days. We, we were still in the stands. We were still there doing the thing. And we, we are excited about the the amount of notoriety the university and the program has, the high attendance rates that we've been seeing. But, you know, we, we talk often on those years in particular where we remember maybe Maybe 5,000 people in the stands. Man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Empty Especially the Thanksgiving games, like the the later in the season, there weren't a lot of people there. It was like, right. oh, yeah, where's everybody at? Right, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I, do you still have the game ball when you made the, the thousand yards? You still yeah, have- yeah, I have the game ball, man. Nice. I have, uh, you know, I just have memories. I have my jersey framed, and, you know, they, they took care of me. Um, nice. You know, after that and all that. Did you keep your blackout jersey by chance? Man, they auctioned them off. Oh, man. <laughs> Ooh, I was We're, hurt. We've been searching for those things. The so. blackout jerseys and then the, I don't know if you guys remember, the gray jerseys. Yeah, yes. I have one of those. Yeah, I yeah, actually, yeah. I've got one of those. That's my favorite yeah. set ever. We, uh, we, we, we played we, in New Mexico. 
anytime we talk to the equipment guys, we always say, when are you going to bring that stuff back? Yeah. You know, so those are, those are awesome. Trying to push that stuff back. But, you know, one notable game and uh, anyone who's listening can make sure you can go on. Uh, there's a, the highlight reel of the Oklahoma State game in 2015 in Oklahoma and watching the the power in which in which that you ran that ball that day uh, was insane. And, and they really kind of put a lot of trust in you that day to try to do whatever you could to, to back that defense up. Man, I feel like I feel like I had to just be consistent, mm-hmm. you know, in an pr- early program where we were kind of up and down. You know, like I said, my freshman year we were seven and five. Yeah. And then we come back and we're four and eight and four and eight. And then we come back, we're six and six. So it's like it's up and down, up right. and down. And so I just try my best to be as consistent as possible. Um, man, like I said, I always play with a chip on my shoulder, I always worked with a chip on my shoulder. And so, um, you know, especially, you know, when you play these power five schools, you know, these are nationally televised, yeah. you know, this film and. 100,000 people in the stands. Easily, like, yeah. you know, with those paddles and all that crazy stuff. Right, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's, not, that's not a very good place to be. When oh, you're it's here. a rowdy environment. I was there for, for Bedlam, and, man, it got crazy. It gets so. crazy in there, man. And so, um, man, it was fun, though, because that's that's what you want. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's When I was coming to high school in Judson, and, you know, that this, this is the stadium that you want to play in. I mean, you reflect back as a kid. Yeah, man. Even like, like we wanted to play in Arizona and, you know, yep. A&M. Yep. I mean, those are, those are the stadiums you want to be in and play in. So, I mean, you always on your A game, but you're definitely going to bring it when we play, you know, these big time schools. Yeah. This is where you feel like you should be. I don't know if you knew this, but the commentators of that Oklahoma State game likened you to Barry Sanders. On your yeah. And it's, I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> you, you saw no, I know what you're talking about. And it's crazy because um, that's my that was my favorite running back. Nice. That's why I studied. I had a uh, I don't know if you guys remember, like the fat heads. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, growing up, I had a fat head of Barry Sanders in my room. Like, wow. You know, not. Um, I can't even think of the running backs at the time, but like I studied Barry Sanders. Right, like, that yeah. was my favorite running back. And then I like guys like Marshall Falk, Ladanian Thomason, yeah, you yeah. know, Warren Dunn. Um, so like I, I like I studied the game as a as a kid and I just I was just fascinated with the way they ran. And they were smaller backs, mm-hmm. you know, and so shifty, um strong, uh, strong like, yeah. and just you know, they were Productive, yeah. you know, just very productive backs, and like that's what I used to tell people. You know, like, ah, what kind of back are you? So I'm productive. Mm-hmm. Like I can run short yardage, I can pass block, I can catch, I can take it 80 if you need me to. Any of that stuff. So if you're being productive and you know efficient and making plays, you can be whatever back you want. I mean, that's got to be a deciding factor when it comes time to lease overviews for the next level, right? I mean, like if you're the position that you're playing at at the college level. Uh, uh, I mean, we saw that in Tyreek Woolen, right? Like, you know, he was a receiver and, and move him over to a to a cornerback. And then all of a sudden, you know, he potentially uh, could have been the rookie of the year. You know what I mean? Crazy how life finding works, a position of, of where and, you're going to land. And that's the way I try to, you know, tell kids these days, you know, especially kids that are, you know, have intentions on and goals of playing in college or maybe in the professional league. Um, and do what's going to make you the most marketable. Mm being the best asset to the team. Right. You might not be All-American receiver. Mm-hmm. And if I put you over here, you might be All-American corner. Right. Which one do you want? So, yeah, I mean, from a coaching perspective, too, I mean, you know, seeing those bursts of like, you know what, like he's he's good at this position, but I think he would be better over here. I mean, that's that's part. And, you know, what you're doing with your not and I, I don't I hate to jump into it too early because I've still got a few more questions on the UTSA and, and next level experience. But, uh, you know, what you're doing with the youth players right now and, and helping them develop and, and at least providing some wisdom and what your process was and going through with that. I mean, growing up, I relate with what you were saying with, you know, the, the amount of resources 
was from a sports development perspective, I never really had that. You know, uh, the, the, what we had was multiple sports, right? Like we That's went it. and played everything. As that was that was your resource, like going to teach yourself different skills and different sets of skills from different sports. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, even like training facilities, like there's not really any just true state of the art, you know. All they would tell us is there, there's a field right out there. <laughs> go out there with your friends. I mean, that's what I used to do. We used to go to Judson in the summers and springtime. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're just out there getting better. Or we go work out to the gym with my friends and, you know, things like that. And so, you know, now in the day, like all these kids have personal trainers. Crazy. You know, it's 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 so much money that goes into you, not even just sports, but like youth sports, you know, in that platform. Like mm-hmm. I said to you earlier, like kids are building their media pages, their, their profiles, their brand five, six years old. I mean, part of the game is being an influencer too. Literally, yeah. you know, so it's like, I may have a flag football player and like, they may have 20,000 followers. Like, it's, Crazy. dude, it's, it's insane right now. And so Crazy. it's just like, but it's very real. Yeah. And it's like, you know, depending on how you approach it, you know, it can either kind of help you or it can hurt you. Sure, and sure. so, um, you know, that's just the times changing and, you know, like I said, you have to kind of stay with the game and, and change with the game and, and realize what's going on. And that's why, you know, even you go to like a UTSA now, like, you know, kids are asking, uh, how much money am I going to get? Mm-hmm. What is my NIL mm-hmm. structure looking like? Right. Because that's a major factor now. Sure. Before it was like, I'm asking questions about my playing time. I'm asking questions about, you know, do you get guys to the league? Mm-hmm. Now it's like, oh, well, how many sponsors, deals am I going to get a broker? Or how many, like, what's my, my money going to look like? Yeah. Because that's the driving factor behind college football now. I mean, college it's, sports, it's so I still kind of general. Wild West, too. I mean, the way the deals are being done. Literally. Yeah. And now I think, I think, you know, obviously, it's pros and cons of everything. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i for it because I feel like, yeah. you know, kids give so much to the game, you know, and for a long period of time, you know, they weren't receiving any benefits from it. I mean, let's be real. I mean, you look at the NCAA, uh, multi-billion dollar industry really on the backs of these collegiate athletes, you know, and, and I've always been a proponent even before I even understand what NIL was, was at least make sure that their medical and and everything else insurance is all, all that is covered and make sure that they're taken care of from that. Cause if they're going to put their bodies on the line uh, for the university and for that revenue, then, you know, something needs to give, right. Seriously. These days too. I mean, I, you know, in your experience, I mean, you're a part of the 1% that got to play D1 college, and then you're a part of the additional 1% of that 1% to go up to the next level, right? Yeah, man. Um, so uh, it's it, think about all the players that, you know, that last home game that we just experienced at UTSA. I mean, that's that's it for a lot of those guys. A lot of guys, That's man. it. You know, and, you know, it's, it's I think it's important, too, that, you know, they're, they're given an opportunity to, to develop not only personally and professionally, but financially. Definitely, man. Because I mean, you don't really have time to do anything. You don't. And that's why I was, I was talking to one of my friends the other day, man. I was like, you know, when I first got to college at UTSA, man, you there was no check or anything coming in. You, If you were qualified for financial aid, like you would get financial aid. But if you didn't, you were just on your own. Yep. Or if your family could help you or however, you know, you can make ends meet. Like I know some guys that worked in the – I worked in the summer sometimes. Yep. I worked in the spring sometimes. Mm-hmm. Like – I didn't have the the I wasn't fortunate enough to, you know, call my mom and ask her for a few bucks. Right. And yeah. so it was a lot more to navigate through and, and to deal with than, you know, now even if you stay on campus now as a freshman, you still get a little extra money, yeah. you know, just to kinda of help you out a little bit. Like that was unheard of back yeah. then. And so like I said, and then like it was like just so ironic, it's like, oh, but you'll be in a dorm playing NCAA, playing with yourself right, on the yeah, game. Yeah. So it's like, dude, I'm on a, a billion dollar game. <laughs> Well, I can't go get groceries right, from H E B. So it's like, yeah, 
at the time, it's like you just deal with it. And right, so, yeah. you know, now in the day and age where, you know, everybody kind of has a voice and, you know, being heard and being seen and, you know, things are changing, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm very in support of it. Um, now you just have to educate yourself on, yeah. you know, how you're going to navigate through that. And I mean, the development of the whole process, I'm sure we're we're going to be seeing probably some policy change with regards to how NIL and, and accepting the funds and things are going to be done because, again, it's still kind of Wild West. But, you know, we do want to see those student athletes taken care of and, you know, really the work that you're doing now. Um, and again, I, I keep jumping ahead. Let's go ahead and finish the UTSA side of things. So uh, I, I do want to talk a bit about the coaching change. Um, you know, we saw that uh, in pretty recent times, which has led to where we're at today. But, um, you know, and, and this kind of ties into what your development was as a player coming into the NFL. Coach Coker's decided to leave. You're at a crossroads. Coach Wilson's coming in. Granted, Coach Wilson's coming in from a very storied career himself primarily on the recruiting side. So we were extremely excited about that. We were still reaping the roots of his labor of, of everything that he's done uh, for the program. Uh, what was that coaching change like for you? And then how did it help you develop to be ready for, for your combine? Um, it was it was interesting, uh, especially being like, you know, all like three years with Coach Coker. So, um, you know, like I said, I didn't red shirt. So yeah. that was 75% of my career and mm-hmm. then having to change like the last year after having a bad season, you know, all that stuff. And so, I mean, it was, it was good because I felt like it prepared me more for the next level. Yeah. You know, a coach that has, like you said, more tenure program has dealt with numerous of players that have made it to the league. Yeah, moved a lot of players. A lot league. of players. Right. And not just made it to the league. I'm talking like, you know, superstars <laughs> right, and yeah. guys that have been successful. And so, um, where are you coming from a, a coaching staff where, you know, a lot of those guys are still kind of new, still kind of in their first year of, you know, big time, you know, coaching, uh, division one football, right. Mm-hmm. We're in a whole lot of experience. I mean, outside of coach Coker. You know, a lot of those guys are getting their first opportunities is, is starting out a program. And so um, there's a lot more experience in the building, a lot more knowledge. And so I feel like that kind of helped me progress. Like when Coach Wilson got there, like, you know, I I feel like I learned a little bit more football than I had before mm-hmm. as far as like just in the classroom, on the board. Um, like He kind of like challenged me to work on the weaknesses of my game, you know, whether instead of just, you know, oh, yeah, I know you can run the ball, but like. Again, what other value? Really going to break yeah. it down because I've always heard really good things about Coach Wilson with regards to individual position coaching. Very knowledgeable man. Yeah. Very knowledgeable. There's a really great interview with you um, at NFL Day, uh, the Scouting Day, uh, and um, you know, did the, the feedback that you got. Um, obviously, you know, you're. I feel like you're the type of person that uh, always feels like you probably do better. <laughs> so that a lot of the answers you provided were in that sense. As that wrapped up. I kind of get the sense that you also were kind of prepared to maybe come in as a free agent. You know, what was that whole experience like in, in finishing your scouting day and then really just kind of leaving it up in the air to kind of see where yeah. you're going to land? I mean, honestly, man, I didn't think I didn't think I was going to get picked up. Mm-hmm. You know, like I said, I had I had the thousand yard season my junior year. I had a little less than that my senior year I was battling through some injuries um, and it just it wasn't. I didn't think it was the year I needed to have sure. to, to be able to go. I knew I was already kind of fighting an uphill battle. Um, I was coming out in probably one of the craziest running back draft classes probably ever. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about. Who are some of the names coming out of that? Man, shoot, man. You can talk about Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Aaron Jones, uh, Deontay <laughs> Foreman, um, Dalvin Cook. Um, That's insane. Dude, it's like 20 strong. Jamal yeah. Jamal Williams, uh, I mean, literally like 20 strong. Yeah. And so 
I mean, it was crazy. Like it was, it was that was a super crazy. Joe Mixon, like me and Joe went to Cincy in the same class. Like it was wow. a, a legit crazy. Uh, James Conner. Uh, I mean, dude, I can, <laughs> bro, insane. dude, it was a crazy. <laughs> all the guys that are like primary running backs now or started running, like they all came they, out of that they, class. A lot of those guys are in that class Gosh. and still playing at a high level. Crowded field coming in, not sure Literally. what's going to happen. So you know, man, I was I was going on job interviews, man. I was setting up job interviews. Working out and still trying to finish my degree. So I was mm-hmm. training in Austin, um, still taking classes at UTSA. So I was driving back and forth throughout the week, man, just really just trying to get it and figure out, you know, what's going to be next. And so, um, you know, obviously if football don't work, I'll be graduated, have my degree. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously if football does work, I'm working out, I'm in shape, um, I'm ready, I'm ready. And so really just trying to check all the boxes. And so, um, yeah, it was, that was definitely a, a, a trying time, but it was, I mean, it was worth it, man. It was like, you only get this opportunity one time. Yeah. And so then you have to go for it. And so, uh, you know, I did the pro day and man, I'm sitting at my daughter's second birthday party and, you know, I just, I'm on my phone nonstop, can't get off of it, trying not to bring the mood down at the party. And yeah. then, man, I get a call and, you know, they're like, you know, we want, we want to bring you up. And so, I mean, it was amazing. And so, I mean, it's got to be a, a huge relief, at least at least uh, a relief of like all a lifetime's worth of work and dedication to your craft and getting that call, at least that being some sort of a like, man, like it worked, man. And it was I was like, again, I was like, shoot, I'm ready. Like, I feel like I'm prepared, you mm-hmm. know, to go up there and, you know, showcase my abilities. And so. You know, just transitioning up there to Cincinnati, you know, I feel like, again, I feel like that last year with Coach Wilson kind of helped me out a little bit because it kind of went like how he told me it would go as mm-hmm. far as like, you know, being able to communicate the game of football. You know, yeah. it's one thing to be able to play it, but a lot of guys aren't able to communicate the game of football, tell you why they're doing stuff, tell you, you know, what's going on in the game. You know, a lot of guys just play and some guys are good at that. Right. You know, some guys can just play, you know, some guys have to study and be a student of the game and mm-hmm. kind of help them in their game development. And so um, when I got up there, like the transition was super easy. Wow. Like the playbook wasn't hard. Um, just being able to, to know my assignments and execute my assignments wasn't hard. And, you know, you compete every day because, you know, you're playing with the best of the best. And yeah. so, you know, I think they really liked me up there, man. And that's why I was fortunate enough to, you know, make practice squad my first year. And, you know, I got called up at the end of the year, the last three games. And, um, you know, even with my second year, I think I was I think I was heading in the right direction as well. Right. And, you know, I think I just got a, a untimely injury and, mm. you know, it's business, man. Yeah. Um, but as far as like my, my play and, you know, how that organization felt about me, I think they were, you know, really solid on me. Well, I mean, it's uh, definitely a next player up business, right? And, you know, I, I feel like, too, that you know, and, and speaking to, you know, other players that haven't had a chance to experience the the highest level of heart and hard work gets you through um, through a lot of things, through, through most of what people would dream of doing um, is putting in that hard work. Um, but, you know, at that level, uh, there's a bit of a separation that occurs of hard work and heart are, are important, but some level of almost freak ability is a separating factor. Literally. But you, you come in with the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I, I'm also very interested, just like you, your experience in college of coming out to your first game. What is it like suiting up for an NFL team coming in um, for your first game there? Man, dream come true. Yeah. Literally, like dream come true. I mean, you walk true. into I mean, your you locker, walk in, your jersey. And I was just going to say that, man. Yeah. When you walk in the locker, your name plate, number, gear, walk in, whatever you need. I mean, you're you're in the organization. Yeah. Cold. Everything yeah, is yeah. like it just it's all it's all just all real, and right. it's like 
it's like you have to soak it in fast and it's like you have to like not forget about it, but you have to realize like, shoot, man, I ain't made the team yet. I got to mm-hmm. like, this is just like the beginning part of it. Like this right. is literally fresh in. So, you know, um, some guys handle it better than others. You know, you can't get caught up in the the lifestyle and the, the life, man. It's, it's different, man. You go from a college kid and now you're around freaking multimillionaires yeah, yeah, and yeah. in a billion dollar industry. Yep. And so... That takes some navigation, man. It takes some, you know, some maturity to deal with. It takes, um, you know, you have to have people that you can call on and kind of. I was just about out. to say, I mean, like, there's got to be like, you know, the desire for mentorship. Definitely, man. I mean, you know, like David was one of the first guys I called and and and, and hit up when I got to the league because at yeah. the time that he was the only, he was the only guy that had went, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I believe so. David was the only guy in the league at the time yeah. when I got there. Yeah. And so I hit him up so fast, man. Yeah. We were cool at UTSA. That was that's my dude. Um, we still kick it and, and talk to the day. And so, I mean, you yeah, you do need it. And yeah. I, I felt like I, you know, I needed it. And so, um, but it was, man, dream come true, man, as far as just being in the environment, being in the room, uh, learning and, you know, just being able to focus on the game that you like you said, you put so much into over you know, a twenty Your year whole life. Yeah, a twenty year span. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, man, it was it was amazing. Well, I mean, you and David Morgan have probably the best UTSA football picture of all time, uh, with you guys uh, after you guys played against each other. Yeah. Uh, the Bengals versus the Vikings. And um it what what's been really great throughout the process, just as a fan, is you know, seeing you guys make it out to that league and becoming fans of those teams because you guys are on it. Definitely. Right. Like it's it's there's a huge sense of pride that's there but by far if, if you haven't seen it you, you can easily google it and find uh, Jarvion and, and David taking a picture there after the game and uh, I mean that's got to be pretty surreal in its own right you know I mean literally I mean again like came in like we're both practicing in high school stadiums like I, I live you know we shared the same experiences and so mm. you know obviously when you get to the league like you got all these guys that may have went to LSU Florida yeah. you know so it's it's a lot of lineage you know in the league and you know where we don't have that much lineage right. so it's really just me and David kind of like oh it's like us against the world right and so yeah. um you know that's kind of how I felt you know in that moment it's like dude like you can make it, you know, from here. And David was drafted and, you know, he was a dude. Yeah. And so, um, you know, if he's any other school, he's probably a top two, top three round pick. I mean, he had to come in behind Kyle Rudolph, which, you know. I mean, but that's a dude, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, quick, I will quick, quick uh, segment. I'm going to read off the, the list of running backs in the 2017 yeah, yeah, class. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Leonard Fournette, Christian McCaffrey, Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Kareem Hunt, James Conner, Tariq Cohen, Wayne Gallman, Marlon Mack, Aaron Jones, Chris Carson, Matt Breda, Austin Eckler, Corey Clement. That is insane, dude. Crazy class, dude. Crowded field, dude. Crazy that, class. That's insane. So I, I don't know any NFL superstars. I, I I get to speak with a lot of players that that have had a chance to go up to the next level. And and uh, what what a lot of people don't get to see is the guy that was an, an undrafted free agent that mm-hmm. came in immediately, pretty much signed to the practice squad and really had to work your way up from the ground level, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the unexpected, the unknowns of what where it's going to lead, mm-hmm. right? Because any moment like that, something's going to change, whether you're traded or you're just waived or whatever it is. Trying to battle through that experience and, and you experience some of that coming out of Cincinnati and moving up to the Canadian Football League. And what was that experience like uh, in going through that? I mean, it had to have been a pretty tough time. Yeah, man, it was tough. I mean, because once I, like I said, once I got hurt, um, I came back, you know, to San Antonio. I was rehabbing down here, um, just kind of 
kicking it a little bit, hanging out with my daughter a little more. And so, you know, when I got, you know, the call to go to Canada, you know, a lot of it was, oh, I got a job again. Yeah. You know, I can work again. You know, because when you're in that industry, man, it's like, dude, you're not on a team. You know, you're just kind of blindly, you know, working out, hoping that someone calls you one day. Right, yeah. You know, there's no... I mean, are you actively trying to push out, like, hey, I'm available, or are they, I mean, you they are, already know? You are, um, but I mean, there's... 10,000 of those sure, guys yeah, pushing, those, yeah, pushing yeah. the same narrative out, you know? So sure. this is all about, you know, when you're in that, in that space, all about how, you know, how young you are, how ready you are. And so I think, you know, I had a good enough film and, you know, when Montreal reached out, you know, my agent was like, you know, he asked me, do you want to do it? You know, like, I understand if you don't, but mm-hmm. if you do want to do it. I'm like, yeah, I want to do it. Like, I still love this game. I still want to play. I still feel like, you know, I left some stuff out there on the table. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I wanted to go back and do it. And so that was cool, man. You um, had to post, had, post some touchdowns there. Yeah, uh, man. It was – honestly, man, going to, the, to Canada, I had a new, like, appreciation for the game. You know, you don't really see a lot, you know, when you down here uh, in the States and, you know, watching the game. You, mm-hmm. All you know is, you know, it looks a little funky and this and that. But, man, it's some really good football being played up there. Yeah, man. That's the what support, I heard. The fan support up there is ridiculous, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. You hear interviews with uh, former even stars of NFL going and playing the Canadian Football League, and they're like, no, those guys are balling. Playing. They're <laughs> real deal playing, man. And so, um, I mean, you're you're still playing in front of like 60,000, 70,000. Right, yeah. Like, people love football up there in Canada. Yeah. And so, um, man, it was that was a good experience. Yeah, I, really I really awesome. enjoyed it. It, really, it was really good, uh, really good environment, living in a different country. Um, you just, you know, get to see different aspects of life. A lot yeah. of people don't get to witness that stuff. And so, um, man, it was, How it was wild, amazing. Man. It was amazing. How wild. I mean, and during your time with the Bengals, I mean, you you found a way. I'm, I'm interested to know, like, what your drive has been on really trying to circle back your energy and giving back to the city of San Antonio. And, um, you know, that's during your time uh, at the Bengals, I guess it was kind of the early on phases of 210 development Mm -hmm. you know what was your driving factor of creating this nonprofit, and what was your goal in setting it up uh when i first set it up my goal was you know just doing something for kids coming back trying to give back so i just wanted to do camps i'm like all right i'm a football player i come back and do camps you know at the time you know honestly not really anybody or a lot of people were doing those right were doing camps and so I was like, man, I'm going to do, do a camp and, you know, see where it goes, you know, bring some kids out, have some fun, bring some of the, you know, the guys out, some NFL guys yeah, yeah. Play around and all that good stuff. And so, um, like, it was cool. And then, you know, obviously once you start playing, you know, you get a little bit more time on your hands, you know, you start thinking and stuff like that. And so, um, you know, one day I'm just thinking, I'm like, man, I could do like way more with the platform. Mm. And so, you know, I kind of restructured it and, Man, started just doing more. So, like, we still do camps, um, but now, like, we house a seven-on-seven football team where we can compete at a, at a high level um, with kids, you know, from San Antonio who probably necessarily can't, you know, afford to right. compete at those levels and travel and all that good stuff. And so, you know, that was that was a, a first change that we made. And it was more relatable to, you know, the life that I live, mm-hmm. you know, as far as, like, competitive sports. Um, you know, I played AAU. Uh, basketball, you know, at the time, you know, seven on seven football was just kind of like something you did at the school, sure. locally in the summer and stuff like that. And you know, it's it's built into this. Oh uh, yeah, it's huge. It's ridiculous. It's, huge. it's ridiculous, man. And so I wanted to be a part of that. I want to give kids, you know, that experience. And so, you know, man, we help with the development of kids from you know the ages fifteen all the way through. You know, they graduate, and even if they go to college, I mean, we have a kid right now who is a linebacker at the University of Houston, and we have two kids. One's a linebacker at U of H, and the other one's a receiver at U of H. Wow! And then we have a receiver at Oklahoma State, and those are kind of like our 
uh, our three guys that kind of started out the early first crew on. That's yeah. coming in so now we have uh, I mean we have like a little pipeline going on got kids we just got our eighth grader offer from UTSA this nice. uh, this past summer a uh, kid from Johnson um, in eighth grade they eighth kid's grade, gotta dude. be a stud dude, he's, a, he's a dude man <laughs> that's he's a awesome dude. man and so but again like I told you man it's happened earlier and earlier and earlier and so it's like Man, getting your hands in the, in the community and, you know. Well, I mean, you're also providing a pedigree, right? Yeah. Like you're, you're providing some clout to, to, to the program, right? right? Like you and your network of, of NFL players coming in and supporting these kids. Now, one thing that I really do love, and we spoke a little bit about this before I hit record, was, yes, there's the developmental of sport, there's the developmental of skills, but you're also addressing the social, physical, and emotional needs of at-risk. And that's what I was going to kind of transition to. You know, like I told you, I didn't have any guidance to where I was going, what kind of questions to ask, what I need to be focused on. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, we can provide that side of the, the business, really what it is yeah. to these kids. And so, you know, helping them navigate through, you know, some emotional trauma, helping them navigate through, you know, maybe having some trouble academically in school and, you know, what are their options, right? Helping them, you know, navigate through, okay, like, like all these schools want me or, you know, these certain schools want me. Like, how do I navigate what's best for me? How do I benefit yeah. from that? And so, um, you know, all things that I dealt with coming out that I didn't know how to deal with. Right, so, yeah. you know, just trying to use my life to, you know, help the obviously the next generation. And, you know, I have a great team around me and, and support. And, you know, my board has been fantastic. And, you know, I think that. It's a process, yeah. right? Just like, you know, when I first came to UTSA, man, it was not glitter and gold. Mm-hmm. You know, it really wasn't. And mm-hmm. so now when people talk about UTSA, they're like, you went there? Yeah, I, yeah. Went, there. <laughs> I went there too. And so, yeah, yeah. you know, we're all, you know, it's 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 a, it's a full circle moment, you know, for me, uh, being able to help educate and, and help those kids. And, you know, we still having camps, clinics, you know, mentorship built in. And so, I mean, we, we've really made a lot of strides, man. And we're getting a lot more recognition uh, through Texas and nationally. Man, well, I mean, it's, it's fascinating, right? Because it's the dynamic is so wild these days, right? Because you want these players to have like, you know, the natural ability, they, you want them to have fun. There is that level of personal development that's involved, the the, the desire for mentorship. Mm-hmm. You know, the, these kids are coming through at a very crucial time in their life. And, and that it continues on in college because like in your experience and my in my own, like I was not mentally prepared to be in college and I, I wasn't even an athlete. Right. Like it's kind of one of those things. It's just like uh, you kind of wish and I, I almost am, am jealous of like that avenue that that that's available for them now. I mean, the services you are providing is something that's going to grow for generationally. Right. And, um, you know, it starts in linking together, trying to create some sort of a pathway uh, of strong volunteers. Right. So when you reach out to, you know, other players that, you know, or whatever and say, hey, you know, I've got this thing going on. What is the typical response that you get and the feedback that you get from those players coming in? Oh, I get Tremendous feedback. I mean, even my first camps that I have, I was still at UTSA. I mean, all those staff or guys from the team coming out, supporting, mm-hmm. being coaches, um, like no questions asked. And so, you know, that's even now. I mean, we had our we had, you know, possibly one of our biggest camps this summer. I mean, you know, probably had about 20 UTSA guys out there, wow. players, current players. Mm. And so even former guys come through. Sincere came through. Spencer, wow. Spencer came through. Reek came through. That's I incredible. Mean, so just imagine seeing that at five, six, no seven, kidding. eight, nine, ten, at any age. Right. Imagine seeing that at any age, knowing that they came from 
right out of your backyard or right, you know, in the same city that you're from. Right. You know, and one of the biggest things, honestly, man, even the kids, like you said, that aren't fortunate enough to to go to that next level and play. I mean, we got kids getting accepted to UT, full scholarship, mm -hmm. Texas State, 50% scholarships. Mm -hmm. I mean, and navigating a plan to get them through their life and right. the next phase of their life. And be able to come back and ask you questions. And be able to come back and yeah. give back. And so... Yeah, mentorship continues, man. I mean, man, like, and so, you know, especially with kids with limited resources, man, like they... They're so deprived that when they finally get someone in front of them that cares or that shows interest in them, I mean, they're locked in, man. And wow. so, man, kids give us great effort. They they listen. And, um, man, I think it's just special, man. I think it's special is to – it tells to, like, who you are as a person, that mm -hmm. you're able to lead young men or uh, young athletes and uh, help them out throwing the process. Like I said, it's a, a trying time in their life where they're going from literally – kids to adulthood mm -hmm. that, you know, you went through and you had your trials and tribulations and experiences. And now you're trying to make this road a little easier, right. you know, for these people and to help them out a little bit. And so, man, I really get, I, I'm, I'm got chills. I, right now. I got, I got yeah. sweats on man. I'm, I got chills right now. <laughs> so, um, yeah, man, I love it, man. I really do. I That's incredible. It. That's incredible. Well, look, I mean, it's there, there's no shortage of a need uh, for for mentorship and mentors to step up and, and get involved. And everything that we're talking about right now is going to be listed in the show notes. So if you're interested in, in finding a way to get connected with 210 Development, make sure you check the show notes and get involved. Um, because, I mean, this is it's a huge platform that uh, and not to say that you, you've been on the news, you've done all the things like, you know, the, the more we can spread the word. And I feel like, you know, leveraging the UTSA alumni network the best way we possibly can is supporting programs like this because at the end of the day you know it's more about development of young folks and furthering their their lives right it's not uh, the sports is a foundational piece right the skills you or the 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 skills drills you do right. like the yes it's for for a very small portion of what's going on exactly right yeah and and, and it's I, I feel like too like that allows for a conversation with those kids based off of the skills drills that kind of grows into something more where they maybe lean on you a little bit more. What are some of the, like a couple of things that have come out? I mean, granted, you spoke about some players that have made it to D1 and, uh, you know, other other kids that have come out of there. But uh, if there was uh, something that you would want to share with the alumni network, what would it be about 210 development? Man, I, I would think that as far as 210 development goes, um, man, we're just trying to support our own. You know, when it came to UTSA, I felt like everybody supported me at UTSA, you know, from a losing season, you know, to a winning season, you know, from my freshman year all the way to my senior year. I, I really felt love when I was at UTSA. Mm -hmm. And um, I just try to recreate that environment. And so I'm trying to help the next generation navigate through their life. You know, the kids that, you know, might be like myself, may have lost a parent, may have lost both parents, may, mm -hmm. you know, not have a consistent place to live. You know, we deal with all that stuff, man. Yeah. We go and pick up kids, you know, from the north side of town, the west side of town, the south side of town bring them to practice, take them with us to Houston. We buy, you know, Airbnbs and feed them. And, you know, some kids never been out of San Antonio before. Mm -hmm. And we're giving them life experiences, you know, through the, you know, the foundation of, you know, the platform of, you know, football or, you know, being around the, the game of sports. Right. Um, and so that's what we do, man. I, I'm just trying to reach out and be genuine to the next generation of people. And so, um, you know, one of my goals is to get more involved with the university and get more involved, you know, um, get the university more involved and more active, you know, in our, in our organization and, you know, bringing the kids around. I mean, we, 
even connections with the football team. We've had practices at the, you know, at the race facility. Right. You know, we went out there. One of our kids got a UTSA offer when we went out there. It was kind of crazy. Awesome. It was <laughs> awesome. But, like, doing things like that, man, like, again, that type of stuff is kind of unheard of. And, um, you know, just showing them that it's possible. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my biggest thing, right? A lot of kids, you know, they come from those environments where people tell them, no, you can't. You're not able, right. you know, they hear so much negativity. Just like I said, when you get in front of somebody that actually believes in you, you're like, oh, like you're kind of shocked. Like I didn't like. Not even sure how to deal with it. Not even yeah. sure how to navigate those feelings. Right? right. And so, you know, we get kids like that, man, that, you know, they never had someone just buy them a meal right. or, you know, help them out. Like, mm-hmm. and so um, that's like, that's my biggest thing. I just trying to change, you know, being a positive light and, so much negativity around us, especially in the communities that I come from and the kids that we deal with. Yeah. And so, um, man, we appreciate all our support and everything that, we, you know, we've had support from people before then. And so anybody that supported before, please continue to support. Um, you know, you can find us on uh, 210development.org, Instagram, 210development, Twitter, 210development, Facebook, LinkedIn, all all that good stuff. And Man, I, I really just appreciate all the support I've gotten up until this point. And, you know, I'm thankful for anything that I get past this point. And, man, just know it's always coming from a genuine place. And yeah. it's always coming from the heart. And, you know, these kids need it, man. Yeah. They really do. Well, I feel like the foundation of what you build, again, you know, it's uh, about the development of our youth and, and making sure that they can navigate their journey into adulthood. Because it, it, we, as we all know, it's, it can be a scary, man, scary. There's no, there's no playbook, man. There's, there's no playbook for right. adult life. And so, man, in a, in a world where, like you said, these kids are missing out on things during COVID and Mm -hmm. lacking some of these essential skills that you're going to need in college, in the professional world. Um, You know, we try to help them, you know, navigate through that, man. Mm -hmm. A lot of these kids never talk publicly. They don't know what it's like to talk in front of a camera. They see it. They see their favorite player doing it. But they don't know what it feels like to be in front of that camera, in front of the microphone and filter out your thoughts and, you know, just kind of handle the situation. And so Mm -hmm. just giving these kids a lot of first time life experiences, you know, and it just happens to be through the game of football. And, um, you know, again, that's my life. Yeah, A lot of these experiences, living in a different country, man, living in different states, traveling, meeting, you know, being in certain rooms, like you have to be able to navigate through that, man, and be able to do that. And so, you know, we're trying our best to recreate that environment at at an early age. That's awesome, man. Well, again, all the information is listed in the show notes. If you you are interested in donating, there's a link on their website to make sure that you can do that. So that's that's an easy and fast way for you to to help uh, 210 Development out and help Jarvion and his team and his board on developing this program as it is is absolutely needed across all aspects, right? And and want to see the growth of that. Now, your platform and your network Work has grown significantly since becoming, I guess it's the president position of the NFL Players Association, former players for San Antonio and Austin. So congratulations on that. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. So, so what does all that entail? Man, it's just keeping guys in the network, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, our former players here in San Antonio and Austin is about 350 players. Wow. Um, so just keeping those guys in the network, man, um, you know, keeping them engaged with the community that they're living in, you know, continue to do community events, continue to give them, uh, you know, guys have different uh, so there's different like tiers and levels to like your resources and your benefits that you get post post mm-hmm. right yeah, yeah. So you know one year guys benefits different than a four or five year guys benefits different right. than a ten year guys benefits. So you know you kind of just help them navigate, navigate through that, that yeah. and um, you know we have networking events. We have uh, we provide you know annual scholarships to kids out here. Um, just kind of just doing uh, the work that you've been doing, um, but you know just giving you a. a point person to kind of help you navigate through that if you have questions and just being someone that you know a liaison 
you know, for the league yeah, and yeah. all that good stuff. And so, um, man, it, it's been that's been a, a humbling experience as well. Um, just being voted in as a president, um, the youngest president of like. It's all over the country. Yeah, it's all over the country. Yeah, yeah. I think we have 40, I think like 42 chapters or wow. something like that. And so, um, you know, we all uh, had our um, induction in uh, Maui in March. Okay. So that was <laughs> first time in Hawaii, man. That was yeah. cool and a good time. And yeah, so, yeah. again, man, still experiencing new life things yeah. through the foundation of, you know, football. Post-career. Yeah, post-career. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and that's, it, that's what I try to get a lot of kids to understand, man, that – if you set it up right and if you do it right, like it doesn't just end when you stop playing. Yeah. And, and it's really what you make it right. I mean, you're putting yourself in these positions, right? Definitely. You know, you're not waiting for stuff to come to you. You're going out and doing it. And I mean, that, that position has got to be helping uh, the overall goal of what's happening here in San Antonio. And I can't stress enough for anyone who's listening to make sure you check the show notes, go to 210development.org, check it out, make sure you donate and help out in any way you can. On top of that, like I mentioned at the top of the interview, Jarvan is also teaching and coaching at Judson High. So I don't know how you're doing it, man, but you're doing it well. And, uh, you know, thank you for everything that you've done for, for the university, for the, for the community, uh, keep doing what you're doing. And, uh, you know, this is a, this is a call to action to the alumni network to, to get involved and help our community as best we can. And a good way to do it is with a, with an alumni. So thank you so much for your time today, man. We really man, appreciate, appreciate it. you guys for having me, man. Thank Absolutely. You. Birds up. Birds, Birds up. up. So there you have our Runner Nation, the interview with Jarvion Williams, UTSA football and NFL alumni. And it's so great to hear his story, especially the depth of where his career has went, because he came back and is giving back to the community in every way that he can through 210 Development uh, as a coach and teacher at Judson ISD. And it's really great to see him willing to come back to the city of San Antonio and give back to where he is. And, and that started before he even made the jump to the NFL. It started as his time as a roadrunner. And, you know, all the work and effort that he put in during his time playing for UTSA under Coach Coker and under Coach Wilson. Uh, it's a really great insight on what it is like having the opportunity to take it to the next level the way that he did. And I want to make sure to point everyone to the show notes as we have all the information listed in there as far as volunteerism, donation to 210 Development, and really helping those kids in the area on not, not just developing their skill set as athletes, but really growing as young men and young women and using this as an outlet to uh, connect these former collegiate and professional players to come back into the community and work with these kids. But Jarvion, thank you so much for your time. Again, all the information is listed in the show notes, so make sure you check it out and get involved. And let's rally the UTSA alumni family around Jarvion and 210 Development. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. A couple more notes on some spring sports that are happening. UTSA women's basketball will return to the Convocation Center on December 14th, hosting U of H. And the Roadrunners are 3-2 and two on the season currently. And there's still plenty of time to get your season tickets at Go utsa.com. I also have that link listed in the show notes. So make sure you check that out. The tip off for that game again on December 14th against U of H is at 6 p.m. So make sure you go and check the show notes or go to goutsa.com and get your tickets. And then this Sunday, UTSA men's basketball will host Arkansas Fort Smith for their fifth contest of the season. The Roadrunners are three and one on the season, which has already secured Coach Hinson's 100th in-season win. So congratulations, Coach. Tip off for this game is set 
set for 12 p.m. And you can get your tickets again on GoUTSA.com or make sure you check those show notes and get your tickets. Uh, but thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for downloading. Congratulations to all the graduating seniors uh, for the commitments that are happening tomorrow. Again, welcome to the Roadrunner family. For those of you that, that have downloaded, listen, thank you so much. Uh, if there's anything you can do, make sure you subscribe and leave that five-star rating review as it helps us more than you know. Uh, we are coming out with new episodes every third Friday at 6 a.m. So make sure you check those out, follow all the socials, and we'll see you on the next one. Birds up.